We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 8, rankings, start, sit, sleepers. Hit the description, you can find all of the rankings lists that get updated every single morning throughout the week. The injury cheat sheet is down there as well. That gets updated every single day, and you can use the time codes to jump around if you want to and head to a certain position of interest for you, the people out there, the competitive people still in our leagues. I talked about this every single year that you get to a certain point of the season and you see the engagement in the show go dip down a little bit. Now, I would like to promise every single person who watches the show from week one on that they're going to be undefeated in their leagues through seven weeks, but that is just simply not going to be the case. So if you're watching, that means you're still probably doing pretty well. So congratulations to you. Now you should roll that forward playing the DraftKings Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. That link is now open. That is also down in the description right now. If you want to get ahead of the game and use some projections based on what you think is going to happen, easy stuff. Runthesims.com slash Mayo gets you that discount on any level. Create your own, use theirs, use all the tools, whatever it may be. But once again, that's runthesims.com slash Mayo. Jake Seeley, theathletic.com. Sir, we have a new smorgasbord of running backs to talk about all of a sudden. Uh, we do. I get on the Gus bus train there. Well, Gus bus, there's no train. It's just the bus. But yes, we do have a bunch. And uh, hopefully everybody has been listening to you and me for a couple of weeks on the stash the Gus bus because you love them more than I do. You do have them more than I do every single year. And hopefully uh, people are loving the fact that they have played. Although it was a very interesting turn. There's like the people that went, oh, my God, I've been stashing Michael Carter. This is great. Oh, my God, I thought it was great. And now I have James Robinson back. It sucks. Like it just immediately switched. (laughs) We'll jump into the rankings in a second. But I do want to start there with Michael Carter. I have number 14 this week against the Patriots. I think that we're going to see a situation a little bit like Christian McCaffrey last week where – It might be a three-way split because Ty Johnson will probably get involved as well. I still have Michael Carter for this week projected for around 60-65% of the snaps. 
Yeah, I would do the same. I tweeted that out last. Well, depending on your listening to this uh, during Monday Night Football, how about that? Uh, I said the same thing that you did is that it, because it's the first week, because you've seen Latavius Murray when he got picked up by the Broncos, he wasn't even playing that first week. We saw Christian McCaffrey, as you mentioned. The only positive here for James Robinson is the beginning of the week. So he has an entire week, but I still don't think it's what we expect going forward, which I would expect them to be very much like what we saw early this year with Brees Hall before it took off, where it's 50, 50, 55, 45, and Michael Carter stays in his role. It just grows from what it was with Brees Hall. It grows to what it was back to the beginning of the year, and James Robinson's kind of back to his Jacksonville role. But I, as as you said, I don't expect it to be that kind of a split this week. So going forward, let's try to make a projection here. I think that Michael Carter is the more valuable back to have in New York over James Robinson. Mm, I don't know if I, I I agree, but I don't know if it's going to be a large gap. Uh, that offensive line took a hit this past week. I uh, forget the guy's name off the T- top of my head. Young T- guy. Who's- Tuckavera. Yes, that's that's why I, because I'm not even going to mess my time with that one. Uh, so I, I think that the only one I could always say back in the bay was t- Tim Biakabatua. I don't know why I could, you just could always say that one. Tim Biakabatuka. Batuka. Yeah. Did, oh, I, I Oh, did I see? I see. I even said it wrong then. So. Yeah, he, I see. I know. I, I know that Tim Biakabatuka is Canadian, so you know he was shoved down our throat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what was the What was the the tight end? Huma Namina Hui uh, or whatever Chris, it was. Chris That's, Chris Mufatu Malafala is the guy that you're thinking of. That's no, no, no. Huma Namina Hui too is that that oh, yeah, one? That's that a whole other one. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the Samoan anyway. names are tough. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Uh, so anyway, I, I do think that it could be what do you expect, which is going to be hard to predict for the Jets. Like if we actually expect them to control a game and be favored, which how many times are we really going to expect that? I would well, say they ha- a little bit more James Robinson. They have like the easiest schedule in the league. I know, but it's still the Jets. It's still <laughs> here's the thing. It's n- Go ahead. It's not their defense. It's look, it's not their defense. It's not their wide receiver weapons. It's not even their offensive line, even with that loss. They have what if Brendan Funston said on the athletic podcast with me yesterday, they have a Zach Wilson problem. That's the issue. They have a Zach Wilson problem. And until that changes or they go back to Joe Flacco and be like, hey, look, let's screw around. Stop screwing around. We actually have playoff aspirations as Zach Wilson is not helping us, which I just don't think they will. But maybe I mean this is we've seen some quarterback changes this year which is a little surprising but until that's the case I don't know how many games we can sit here and say you know what the Jets definitively are a good team are we really expecting them to control even with that schedule so that's what anyway point being is if we could predict that I would still give James Robinson a slight edge Uh, he's still even last week when he got zero he was still out there inside the 10 inside the five and inside the three as much or more Then ETN, he just didn't get the touches, and Trevor Lawrence just sniped another one from him. So I would say Carter more often likely the more valuable, but it wouldn't shock me if you have a few weeks where James Robinson gets more of the work and they kind of keep Michael Carter in similar to it. You know what? What we just saw from the Bears and Herbert, you know, they could both be valuable. I say the higher ceilings with Herbert, but the more consistent might be James Robinson. See, I just look at what James Robinson was up to the past three weeks, and yeah, his usage was down a little bit, but he just looked significantly worse than he had for the first three weeks of the season. And it's funny because we were talking about the Cam Akers-James Robinson comparison. I said the Jets should have just you know, asked the Rams, like, hey, can we just have Cam Akers and see how that works? You just give them to him for free. I know you don't want anything yeah. for him at this point. Just two guys coming off these Achilles injuries, and Akers had looked so bad and then progressively got a little bit better. Then he got in the doghouse, and that was the end of him, running behind a lack of offensive line in Los Angeles. Then you have James Robinson coming off the Achilles in a shorter time span. Looks great through three weeks, and then every yes. single week the touches go down, the burst goes down, the broken tackles go down. So I'm just worried, not necessarily that he doesn't hold up, it's just that he's not going to be very effective, where Michael Carter lost his job to Brees Hall, who, hell, I mean, he looked, Cuss said he was a top five running back in football. I mean, he's a Jets fan, but I mean, we went through the list. He's probably like the eighth <laughs> or ninth best running back in football. Like, that's, yeah. that's tough. James Robinson isn't that. So I do think that it will be Michael Carter who's used in the receiving game more so than James Robinson, because that was still a bit of a role that he had anyway, especially earlier in the season when we saw a bit mm-hmm. of the split. And I do think he plays like 55, 60% of the snaps. It'll all depend on who touches that ball from the three-yard yeah. line. But I'm not concerned about them not running the ball because they're they're winning in games or they're losing in games because they just legit you hit on it they don't want to throw the ball and they can't throw the ball so no. they're gonna run 
And, and that's the thing. So I, I got to pull this up. I tweeted this out on Monday. So just make it easier for everybody out there. And I look back at last year and I'm a Michael Carter fan, but Michael Carter 2021 with at least 50% of the snaps, he had 15.6 touches per game in those. But the interesting thing was 111 for 434 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. He didn't have any touchdowns when he didn't have at least 50% of the snaps. 3.9 yards per carry and 11.8 fantasy points per game, which only would rank him like RB20. When he was under 50%, he was 41 for 239. No touchdowns, only 5.8 yard, or only six points per game, but 5.8 yards per carry. Now, I'm not saying he's going to average fewer than four yards per carry for the entire rest of the season if he's given 50% plus of the workload. And if they gave him less, he would definitively get up to almost six yards per carry. I'm just saying that's interesting to see last year that kind of disparity where you know you're talking about a 70% jump when he's used in limited fashion on the running game. And I'm only presenting this to say like the Khalil Herbert is why I go back to that is like, what if they're like, Hey, you know what? He's more effective on 10 to 14 touches versus 15 to 20. And I'm just saying that like, that could be the concern. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I just wonder if it's not going to be very close. Uh, the the upside, of course, is with Car- Carter and everything you said about James Robinson. If James Robinson is really like, this is so, we're learning as, about the Achilles as we go along. Is like, now it's not the end of your career, but maybe it's the end of the back half of the season you come back to. <laughs> like, you start off fine, and then a few weeks and months later, it's like you start to go down because it's just worn out. I, I don't know. All right, so the actual running back rankings for week number eight. I mentioned Michael Carter comes in at number 24. The top 20, number one. Saquon Barkley continues to just do good work for us in the fantasy game. Chubb, Henry, Josh Jacobs, number four. Nice matchup for him this week against them Saints, who are terrible on Does defense. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. But, like, the Saints are have been <laughs> sneakily, like, the worst defense in the league over the past month or so. Jonathan Taylor I have at number five. We can talk about that a little bit, but it's not like you're benching Jonathan Taylor. Dalvin Cook, Ken Walker, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon. Leonard Fournette down to number 11 on Thursday Night Football. Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Michael Carter. Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, Zeke Mostert Swift, who I keep putting him in the rankings and he keeps not playing, but you know, maybe he'll be back this week. I'm at number 19, Aaron Jones, and then I have James Conner, Travis Etienne, Tony Pollard, Najee Harris, and Ramondre Stevenson. That is the top 25. Where do you want to go with this? What is the outlook for Jonathan Taylor the rest of the season? Because they've made the quarterback switch now. Edinger is in. Matt Ryan is out. And the one thing with Edinger is that you're going to get a bit more of a, I mean, I am a more mobile quarterback than Matt Ryan at this point of his career, but <laughs> <laughs> bringing that dimension to that offense, because it's funny that we talked about the Colts the past few years, that defensive line and pass rush is really good. That offensive line is so solid. You can put anyone back there. Well, their offensive line and defensive line suck now, so they need a bit of a more <laughs> mobile quarterback to extend these drives. Like, the Matt Ryan outside of the Alec Pierce pass to like cost me my Jacksonville bet two weeks ago, like he's throwing the ball eight yards every single time. And he's trying to get it out as quickly as possible because he has no time. It's just not helping anyone. It's just bringing everyone up to the line of scrimmage. They can just smother Jonathan Taylor immediately, at least with a mobile quarterback, whether he's good or bad. It seems like he'll be able to extend a play or two. And so what I'll draw the comparison to is Jacoby Brissett. And you're looking at somebody who throws short. Uh, Likely, if we're hoping for the best from Ellinger, is that he's pretty accurate in doing so. So you got the short to intermediate passing game slightly mobile like we're not talking like even daniel jones level but slightly in the fact that i think that what what did Brissett have like almost 150 yards so far this season but mobile enough to your point to extend some plays to just give that added dimension of maybe a little bit of a threat and kind of trevor lawrence mobile but I, again i go back to Brissett because of the comparisons for me is that I think best case scenario, Ellinger is Brissett. And I know that doesn't sound like a very high bar, but I don't think there's a very high bar for Ellinger. I hope I'm wrong about him because I always say that. Like if, I, if I'm downplaying a player, I always hope I'm wrong and they're better in their career. But I think that's what you're looking for. So is it better for Jonathan Taylor? Eh, maybe a little bit. The checkdowns, probably a little bit more, especially like last week, even with Matt Ryan. But the problem here is, Ellinger, I don't think is going to throw 40 times a game like Matt Ryan was. And that's just pure. That's the problem. That's the pure volume there. So 
you have the Brissette volume problem. Whereas what if Naeem Hines stay like Naeem Hines has kind of been up and down in his pass catching role this year. But if let's say he maintains with Ellinger and he gets his four five, six targets a week. Well, that's fine if it was Matt Ryan throwing 40 times, but with Ellinger, it might now be two or three targets. We might be pushing towards Jonathan Taylor being Nick Chubb. And that's a great scenario as a low end RB one, but it's not what you want from Taylor. And that's again, hoping what your biggest issue is this offense is struggling because of the offensive line, because of this, just it's been a mess in general, but I'd say Brissette Browns is what we're hoping for Ellinger and this whole situation with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Christian McCaffrey at number nine. I think that McCaffrey is going to end up being ranked back at number one or two in a few weeks here, but I'm still not sure how much he's going to play even in week two of his 49ers experience. Is it going to be 60% of the snaps? Is it going to be 40% of the snaps? Because he was down at like 30. Yeah, what do you play, like eight snaps, 16 snaps, something crazy like that in his first game, which is great for for a guy who what played you know got traded two days before but we're still another week out I don't think it's time for him to be unleashed as the bell cow but you could see in that offense how good he's going to be he could and I you know again you're playing everybody inside the top 10 so who the hell cares but I'd rank him a little bit higher I do think you could see a double then and then some increase on a snap percentage the bigger thing I said this on all in football with Meany yesterday is everybody's like oh my god what if he doesn't get the targets what if you know he's going from five six seven a game and what if he gets two or three and here's my pushback real quick on that one we don't expect that but let's say like fine McCaffrey gets two targets a game guess what who the flipping hell cares it's the 49ers and we just saw Elijah Mitchell rip off 20 21 27 27 21 24 carries last year while Debo was doing his thing in the backfield because you know what Shanahan with Garoppolo with the same offense granted I think like Kittle was hurt by that point but even if Shanahan pulls his roles and everybody has a role and he doesn't want Christian McCaffrey used exclusively in the passing game and he sprinkles in somebody else who cares McCaffrey's still going to get 20 touches a game so one way or another he's getting towards it and if you wanted to play McCaffrey over how uh, I mean Alvin Kamara you you're right still getting the use he still can't find the end zone with yeah, that offense stupid Taysom Hill <laughs> I mean, I, I put him as a buy low again this week because of exactly what you said last week. He is actually top 20 in yards, top 10 or 15 in like rushes, receptions, and he's like top five in receiving yards for running backs, all these top, and he's there with missing the game, and he's in those all those range, and yet he can't get an effing touchdown. So, yeah, if you want to put McCaffrey a little bit higher, I, I think it could be a little bit better, but, you know, that that's certainly fine. Um, the it's, person I wanted to push up is still, we still haven't gotten to the person we want to push up. Well, go ahead. Push him up, whoever it might be. Is it Travis Etienne? <sighs> no, it's not. Because I don't like this. Raheem Mostert. Okay, but it's Raheem. Against the Lions, he is just. I, I he love is it too. I am in that backfield. I know, but at the most inopportune times, they love using Chase Edmonds for literally no reason. Uh, but it's really gone downhill the past three. Like, what has he got? 10, 15, and 20 points the last mixed in there the last three games. And then before that, or there's, I think he's got one single digit performance over the last four games, and it was like nine points. Uh, yes, there's the. Of course, Chase Edmonds could vulture a touchdown, but. Mostert over Singletary. See, but, is but, probably but, where but, I would but go. why why are we going over Singletary? Singletary's all of a sudden, like for the past month, playing like 75% of the snaps in the Bills offense. He's been because, great. Because I will say I know, and he has been, but Mostert's been great for the past month. And even with Chase Edmonds. And here's the one thing I will say: like, I'm not saying definitively it's gonna happen, and I'm playing Singletary. But what do we just see coming out of the bye? You got to remember, sometimes these teams, once we get five, six, seven, eight weeks into the season and you have your bye, that rookie starts to show up a little bit more. I'm not that scared of James Cook. No, you're, but you're it's terrified, in the back. terrified of James Cook, are we? <laughs> no, I'm terrified that the Bills bring Singletary back and bring him back to like, what was it, week two or three where Zach Moss got all that run and we we're just sitting there like, what the hell? We're doing the Zach Moss thing again? Like, it's for everybody that's concerned about Shanahan and the 49ers all the time, every single year. I'm more concerned about the Bills just any given week being all of a sudden like, yeah, that was fun giving Singletary, you know, 80% of the workload. And he was great, but not this week. Yeah. I mean, the the case, if you wanted to play Cook or Moss this week, is that the Bills are 11 point favorites at home. And if this game ends Which should up, be good for Cook. It should be good for Cook because if it ends up in a rep, then he's going to start playing. But all the games that yeah. I thought were going to be I'm a not, I'm not making the, that case. All the games that I thought were going to be a route this weekend, uh, the team that was an underdog by 12 points won. So, 
You never know with this stuff. <laughs> I mean, of course. I mean, the, the Bears just waxed the, the Patriots in, in New England. So, yeah. yeah. What are you going <laughs> to Football, man. Uh, what do you make of ETN now the rest of the season? I just don't like this matchup in London against Denver. I think that he'll be fine. I have him at number 22 because I do think his upside is squashed a little bit. And for a guy who was super hyped about his pass catching, he sucks in the passing game. He drops every pass they throw to him. Well, so here's the thing. Let's also talk about his coach. It's Doug Peterson. And I've mentioned before, now this is coming from somebody who said that Doug Peterson will turn to a bell cow, but I'm putting that in quotes if you're just listening and not watching the video, because even when he had Miles Sanders that one year, it wasn't like 80%. It wasn't Mike Tomlin bell cow. It wasn't 75, but he'll lean on somebody 60, 65% of the time. That's what he should do with Travis Etienne or what we expect him to do with Travis Etienne. And that's what he has been doing. The Snoop Connor thing getting into the mix. Everybody's talking about Jermichael Hasty. Jermichael Hasty's pass catcher. Jermichael Hasty is going to get blown up if somebody hits him too hard. So I don't expect Hasty to eat too much into it, but to your point about ETN in the passing game, he's still good at the passing game. He just needs to catch the ball more frequently. I think ETN will eat in a few snaps every single week, but when I put it in the waiver column, I said, but I'm not saying that to pick up Hasty. What my concern is that Snoop Connor absorbs the James Robinson role, and I'm not that afraid of it. Travis Etienne was getting goal line touches. I think Etienne is definitively a top 20 running back going forward. Uh, if we sat here, you know, you bring up the Denver matchup, and yes, that's concerning. Uh, if we want to sit here and argue versus Zeke or Connor or something like that, we could do it, but I'm not going to do it. Like, if you want to push back, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm not going to push back that hard. Top 20 going forward, but I, I wouldn't put it in the fact like don't think all of a sudden you have an RB1 on your hands and this is where I'm going. If so, and if there are people in your league, because I tweeted this out yesterday, Pat, and I said, Jeez, ETN. Did, did you do anything besides be on Twitter yesterday? No. They, well, Monday's a lot of stats and stuff like that. And we had all these trades. I'm, refer- I'm referencing to say this. It's just because so, uh, I, the person responding, I'm not saying it because of me. So I, I said ETN doesn't need 20 touches. The comparison I made in this preseason when I called him a breakout is Austin Eckler. He can do it with 14 to 16 touches a game. And this is the response. This is why, Pat. One of the first responses I got back was ETN's going to outperform Austin Eckler. So there you go. You could sell high to some wackadoodles in your league. Okay. Yes. Based on that conversation, yes. I think just normally just be happy that <laughs> you now have ETN. He's in a more solid role. James Robinson won't be stealing. No, his but do you think he's top 10 rest of the year? No, but he's probably top 15 just based on the amount of like full time running backs that we have. And I'm, I'm calling him a full time that he'll be like 65 to 70% of the snaps in that backfield. Yeah, and we've had other running backs that have had these kind of opportunities and have improved a little bit or even just maintain. And my point was, if somebody's going to go crazy in your league, float them out there, see what you can get. This is something you walk into. Like Ken Walker, all right, sure, you traded him as an RB1 value, and he's been an RB1 value. But that's the point. It's like what there's, there's, you're getting peak value even if he continues to be so. Like even if ETN's a fringe RB1 the rest of the way, I mean, you're still net neutral. You're likely to get more value back if he falters at all. Sure, but like, what do you trade him for? I guess would be the thing. Like, what's a help? Re- <laughs> okay, help. But like, what what's a name that you can target? Like, let's Camara. Say okay, Camara straight up. Yeah, okay, then yes, obviously you do that. But okay. I'm I'm telling you, there's like that that perception. Like, I judge a lot of my buys and sells on people's comments in the waiver column usually on Tuesday, and then like some of that stuff on Twitter, and like that's where I get it because that's the crowd. It's the crowdsourcing kind of seeing where people are standing on this, and you could probably in most leagues get Camara straight up right now for ETN. 21 through 30. I mentioned this off the top. Now we can go 26 through 30. There's some names in here who are actually pretty good. Connor, Etienne, Pollard, Najee, Harris, Ramondre, Stevenson. 21 through 25. 26 is Daryl Henderson, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, Donta Foreman, and then your guy, Tyler Algier. Finally scored a touchdown. Last week, good for him. What a hero. Uh, Brian, Robbins, dropped him. <laughs> Brian Robinson at 31, Gus Edwards at 32, Kareem Hunt, Naheem Hines, Latavius Murray, Rashad White, Melvin Gordon, Eno Benjamin. So the first one, Connor over Benjamin. If I, I mean, Connor was a game time decision 10 days ago. I'm guessing he's playing this week against the Vikings. Question mark. Should be. We're thinking Should be. so. Yeah. Yes. And if he is, yeah. he's the one that you want to play, not Eno Benjamin. Yes. 100%. Okay. Ramondre at 25. I don't see think that we see a disparity between him and Harris like we saw Monday night again. That's me. Maybe I'm wrong on that. And if that's the case, Ramondre should be way higher. Mm, and I agree with you. I think the fact that Harris got, it wasn't a ton, but the, that he got as much as he did, and then even the goal line work coming back when 
every report was multiple weeks and then wasn't even practicing until late in the week. I'm with you. I think you're looking at a bigger split going forward. And the big, the biggest concern is any given week with the Patriots, it might be 70, 30 Harris and then 70, 30 Stevenson and then a complete 50, 50 split. So where you have Stevenson is fair. I, I can't believe, are you going to bring it up? Are you going to, you gonna make me ask the question? How the flipping hell do you have him at 32? Gus Edwards? Well, I mean, he was. Yes. Listen, they, they were still using a three-man committee. He's going to get the goal line work in this game against Tampa. Tampa's run defense, oh, listen, it's not Tampa. The it's Tampa run. This it's, year. I mean, it's, it's better than the Ravens' run defense. It was really funny. I smashed the Nick Chubb rushing prop last week. It was down to 71 somehow. And I just looked at it. I was like, Baltimore's run defense isn't very good. They just happen to be winning most of the game, so no one ever runs against them. But if a team does commit to running against them, they can't stop them. Like, that's a bad run defense. So, listen, the, the Bucks are like, they're not dominant. They're not the best run defense in the league. They're like the 12th best run defense in the league. And I'm not too concerned about that. It's just the rushing touchdowns. The issue right now with Gus, and I don't know where his knee is at. Obviously, it's good enough to get the plurality of the touches, but he wasn't playing the majority of the snaps back there. He was second on the Ravens. You still have to account for Lamar. Justice Hill putting the ball on the ground probably launches him into the sun, so that's good news. But Drake sure. Drake hasn't gone away. The one, solid, the one solid thing you have with Edwards <laughs> is that he is their goal lineback. And we've seen this over the past three years. Lamar is going to steal touchdowns. Patrick Ricard is going to steal touchdowns. That Josh Oliver guy is going to steal touchdowns from all the other running backs. But when Edwards is in the game, he touches the ball with the goal line and scores their touchdowns. So there's that part of it. It's just yes. if, he, if he doesn't score, he has like three points. <laughs> no, I mean, like, look, he had as many carries as Hill and Drake combined. It was 16 and 16 for those guys. And he still had 60-ish yards. I know it was like a lot of sixes in there. So it was 60-something yards. It's like, that's why, like, I, I get everything you're saying. But we're I'll also pushed back in the Buccaneers. The reason they're 12th or 10th or somewhere in around there, you're right, they're like in the teens. But that's because they were so high up before the last three games when Kansas City went bonkers on them. And then look at what Carolina just did. The freaking Carolina Panthers! Like that backfield of Hubbard and Deontay Foreman destroyed them. And then two weeks ago, they gave up a decent game to some pretty poor running backs so i'm looking at this and saying you know what the buccaneers no they're not trash on defense they're not trash in the run game they're not down by the browns the giants you brought it up with the ravens but they don't fear i don't fear them at all at this point to the fact that if you're going to tell me first game back 16 carries for gus edwards and you're telling me 15 is probably his floor in this matchup i'm going to take gus edwards over friggin daryl henderson Okay. Like would, would, this would you play? I, would you play? I would him even over, play him over Najee Harris. That's what I was gonna ask. Would you play him over Tony Pollard then? Because Pollard's in like kind of the same Ooh. scenario. Pollard's in the same situation. Pollard's better, but he's not getting any of the goal line touches. Those belong to Zeke. So that's, that's the interesting thing is his snap percentage was higher than Zeke last week, and, but, and but, but, he was in. But we saw a bunch of plays, especially inside the five-yard line, where they were both on the field at the same time. And, the, yes. and, and maybe it's coming for Pollard, but all he, was all he was used for in these goal line packages was pure decoy. And it was just turn around, hand it off to Zeke, touchdown. And that's I was about to say is he was getting snaps inside the 10. He wasn't getting touches inside the 10, which is a big, important thing for us. And so, so Pollard, and it's against the Bears. And we just saw Stevenson and Harris do fine. It doesn't matter. So I think I'd still lean Pollard and then go. I would go Pollard, Edwards, Harris. Yeah. Ah, I see, but I would Stevenson. I still kind of uh, he's in there. I would. I I'd probably put Stevenson in front of Harris anyway. Well, how much can we bank on Philly? I, Philly. I don't like that defense. Well, it's not Philly as much as how much can we bank on this passing game work from Stevenson? Because like, if he even if he has no touches on the ground, if he's getting nine targets a game, well then he's quite valuable. Yeah, he is. And so I think you can bank on it most weeks, but this could be a game where they rebound and the Jets go sideways because that's that's. I just don't trust what the Jets are going to do any given week. I don't know. I don't know which version of the Jets I'm going to get. Uh, so that's really what it comes down to. So I think it deserves like I think they're in a tier together. You know, the other one I would drop completely out of this conversation. Just gone is AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon's down in the 30s at this point. They do. All of a sudden, they're just not using him this year. Past couple he's, weeks, he's at just, he's at twenty he's at twenty eight. So when you say drop him into the thirties, I know, but I'd, I would I would rather use the second Jamal Williams. I'd rather use Deontay Foreman. Would Algier, you rather use uh, Robinson? Yes, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt's been remarkably consistent this year. Just 
That yeah. was his first really big game. I'll put him at 33, one spot above Naheem Hines. Uh, Latavius nice. Murray is down there, too. Murray's probably the better yeah, player. That's where over, he is at this point. Yeah, Murray's the, probably the better player over Gordon with the Boon King out. Hey, they signed Marlon Mack this week, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Back in the Hall of Fame. Put him there. Uh, Jamal Williams. Okay, let's say Swift is out. How high does Jamal Williams go against Miami? Oh, uh, that was a bit. Yeah, that was a bit of a matchup problem last week. So I'd say Jamal Williams would be... 13, 14? Over. Like, would you go Miles Sanders or Jamal Williams? Mm, Philly probably. against Pittsburgh. I'd probably go Jamal I'd Williams. I'd probably go Jamal Williams. Yeah, okay, so he'd be... Miles like, Sanders, also been consistent. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but so very, was, but so was Jamal So was Jamal Williams. I mean, outside right. last I was week. Say, Jamal game. Williams has the higher ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Boston Scott's back, and the, the Eagles love to give Boston Scott those touchdown opportunities. Hey, Boston Scott was back before the bye, which I didn't even notice. They just, I, mean, I think he was still banged up, so they didn't use him much. But yeah. I, I was shocked because right. like, I assumed he was out because I didn't see anything from him. And then I looked, I was like, oh, Boston Scott actually played in this game. They just didn't use him at all. That's good news for Sanders. <laughs> but is that injury-related because that's why he was missing the time to begin with? Brad, are you – I mean – what was it last week? What was the power rankings of the guys that we said to pick up? Was it Edwards, Foreman, then uh, Williams? Th- those three? I think so. Foreman, about right. Foreman looked great in that game, by the way. Hubbard looked good for the yeah. first time in his career well, now he's in that dead. game. Now he's dead, so you don't have to worry about him. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. He's, he left the game with an injury. I don't think he's playing this week. No, they, they, I thought they said that it wasn't going to be that bad. I think they said it wasn't going to be I that got, bad, like as it pertains to missing the season kind of thing. Oh, really? I think so. I mean, I maybe, was, there has this, put, put, put this it this way: a, the, the the Carolina beat right now and not super active. <laughs> no, so Adam Schefter could have come back if needed. Okay, so he's probably, so probably he is going to play. I still like I I liked Foreman more last week. He was better, although he was on the wrong side of the snap split earlier on in that game. Although to Defy logic, Foreman was in on all the passing downs, <laughs> and Hubbard wasn't. And I was like, I really would have thought that would have been the opposite way based on how these guys what? have been used. Wait, wait, wait. Explain that to me, because you know, Meany said the same thing to me yesterday, and I said, I sat here and even talked about it. It's like, I had Hubbard as the lead running back. I was like, the short yards and stuff like that, and Foreman to be more of the pass catcher, and even brought up the Broncos from last year, where I said that, for me, I think that's the roles we're looking at. Hubbard more in the run game, Foreman more in the passing game. So I want Foreman for the upside, expecting Carolina to be down most games. And Meany said the same thing you did, where you guys were both thinking, why? Like, I'm not saying, like, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm just curious why you guys were thinking the opposite of what I was. I just had never seen Dante Foreman using the passing game before. Maybe it was just the situations that he was in on a team, at least when McCaffrey went down and Hubbard was in. Like, they used, they tried to use Hubbard. Almost like they used Mike Davis that year, too. Like, when McCaffrey goes down, they kind of use them like McCaffrey. So maybe I got duped into thinking that they think that Chuba okay. Hubbard is actually a good pass catcher. And just, like, looking back at Donta Foreman's history in terms of route running, in terms of receiving, they just don't use him. Okay. He's never, he's like, nev- he's never I, been I, used I just, I just want to make sure I wasn't – I know, and I just want to make sure I wasn't missing something. That was coming down to, like, how, like, I evaluated their skills. Uh, and I put – I almost put that in quotes because I still don't think Hubbard's that good. And so I want to come to this game because if Hubbard is fine and active, I'm not saying <laughs> – this is this is just like the Jets situation. I don't want to try and predict Carolina being up in games and be – but if I think they're going to be close at all, I would lean Hubbard over Foreman as – higher in the ranks but i still think foreman has the higher ceiling any given week even in a close game just because of what he can do in the passing game so against atlanta i would probably lean hubbard but i mean it's carolina it could go sideways to me thankfully we already know that pj walker's starting because if baker mayfield's back under center just don't start either one of them because he just ruins that offense i suppose that's true i mean i just put in hubbard into the rankings because i had him out i have him at number 36 i'm going to keep foreman at number 29 for the moment i think it just boils down to i won't be able to accurately predict their situation so <laughs> the, I'm, the carolina I'm, panthers <laughs> I, i'm just going to be i'm just going to bank on the guy who's better and I know, like, okay. in, in my heart of hearts, Jake, I know Foreman is better than Hubbard because I don't think Hubbard's very good. Of course. <laughs> of course. Can we get a, Can we get a prop bet on, like, the game time? Can we get under three hours on this game, by the way, Carolina versus Atlanta? <laughs> Watch Mariota throw, like, 60 times this week. <laughs> oh, fr- frick no. I was about to just curse on your show. I stopped myself. What, 13 passes when you're <laughs> losing by double digits isn't cutting it? Yeah. <sighs> Oh my God! Like, can we get rid? Uh, can we get rid of? But I don't even know if they would let him pass more. 
It, well, it's funny because if you look at like average yards, like yards per completion, Mariota leads the league. Like it, <laughs> passing really hasn't been his problem. It's just he doesn't pass. <laughs> well, and that's a, the other. I think there was another tweet out there about his uh, time to throw, and he has so much time. It's because he moves around and stands there and thinks for five hours before he makes a pass. That's why. Maybe no one can get open on that team either. Like maybe our ideas. Oh yeah, Drake... Kyle Pitts and Drake London can't get open. I mean, Kyle Pitts couldn't get open at all in that game. Every time they tried to throw to him, he was just covered. He was he had that's, no. Well, I mean, that's fair. No separate covering him. They they weren't yeah. in the they weren't in the red zone against Cincinnati. There was one guy blanketed on top of him. No separation to speak of. And that, that's why we got Demir Bird. And then before that, Emil, it's all Ahmedi Zacchaeus. It's everybody else but the but Pitts in London. Oh, there we go. That bird was wide open. Yeah, that's, then, that's what happens when you triple cover Kyle Pitts. I guess so. Uh, any more running backs you want to talk about? Not really. Okay. No. All right, let's move to receiver then. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Okay. Number one, uh, this guy, Cooper Cup. He's back. My fantasy team is doing much better. Already is good. Now that Cooper Cup is back into the mix. Uh, my team last week, I got itself a win in my in my main league, my home league, Jake. And it was it was tough without Cooper Cup's like 35 points a week. You just kind of bank on those. And when it's not there, it's like, how the hell? <laughs> I lost I... in flex because of it. It's like, I, how... I had no Cooper Cup. I'm like, oh my God, my receivers suck. Yeah, my, <laughs> my receivers are terrible. Cooper Cup, Justin <laughs> Jefferson, Diggs, Chase, Adams, Tyreek, Amon Ra, who... He didn't even suffer a concussion. They wouldn't let him back in the game. That's where we're at now. So at be, be, yeah. be very wary of that. But I have him back in at number seven against the Dolphins. Evans, C.D. Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins at number 10. That will go into number 11, Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown, Chris Olave. That's assuming no Jarvis Landry, assuming no Michael Thomas again, because I don't know, maybe those guys retired or something and just didn't file their paperwork because <laughs> we might never <laughs> see them again. Who knows? Gabe Davis, Devonta Smith, Tyler Lockett. No DK in the rankings, by the way. Chris Godwin, Debo mm-hmm. Samuel, Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman. Um, now that Sam Ellinger is the quarterback, I don't know how that's really going to affect Pittman. It's funny with Pittman. I, I've kind of flipped on him. I was very anti-Pittman in the preseason. I just thought he was being drafted way too highly. And you know what? I was right because Matt Ryan sucks. And that was mainly my point <laughs> behind it. But he's had these games where he's been good. 
But when you're dealing with that inconsistency at quarterback, it just it's not going to be the wide receiver 11 that you think that you're going to get. So what do we project this Colts team looking like in the passing game, fantasy-wise, mm-hmm. be it Pierce, be it Campbell, be it Pittman, be it the tight ends? I think the tight ends drop off the face of the earth because Matt Ryan just loves throwing to the guy who's six foot ten because that's all he can do. And I think that we might see Pittman eventually get a boost out of this situation, at least in terms of consistency, because he was not being utilized downfield at all. Well, here's the problem with that, though. You remember the Jacoby Brissett comparison I made is I don't expect Ellinger to be heaving it downfield yeah, that but much but, more than Matt Ryan. But it's not like Brissett doesn't throw downfield. I feel like that's no. a misnomer. Like He does air it out. He's just not yeah. good at it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing is I think the concern is that Ellinger's not going to be that good at it. I hope the surprise here. So I'm playing out. It's like we're speculating right now. I would rank Michael Pittman the highest. I think that given the recent usage and the style similarity of Ellinger, as of right now, I think Paris Campbell gets the slight edge over Alec Pierce. I don't think the tight ends are completely done for. Actually, Ellinger might even just go to them for the consistency in the short to intermediate game and bringing up the running back situation. The concern here we have is that what if he balances and throws to everybody and even Michael Pittman, his highest target is six because Ellinger's not going to throw it 40 times a game. What we can hope for the best case scenario is that he locks into one person and hopefully being Michael Pittman as his primary option. His secondary option is everybody else combined. And then we're just like, you know what? It's fine. All we have to worry about is Michael Pittman. He's a top 20 wide receiver going forward and we can just drop everybody else. I I would not look to start anybody but Michael Pittman in the passing game this week. So I'm at least with you that. And the worst part about it though, is it's such a good matchup against Washington and that, defense is just awful so if you wanted to take a flyer uh, do you have paris campbell in front of alec pierce because that's how i would play it in the I first do. week given the similarity and styles I, do. I have them back to back actually 44 and 45 okay so i would lean paris campbell um and again like i don't have a ton of hope for the tight end situation also because it's not it's not even what you were saying it's like matt ryan wants to go to him because they're so freaking tall is that because of granson and mo alley cox and jelani woods and they have multiple they've always this is the cults of they done even going back to like andrew luck is they have eight tight ends and it's who's going to be any tight end so i'm not looking for one i'm hoping we get clarity on ellinger and what he likes to do as a quarterback that's my biggest thing so i i'm with you in Pittman in the 20 range and I would play him over Deontay Johnson at this point, but I would actually, that was one I was going to bring up. I would actually play George Pickens over Deontay Johnson at this point, despite Deontay getting the volume. He's, just, get, he's, he's getting the volume. I, I hate this matchup for George Pickens. I hate it against Philly. No, oh, because you think Slay's going to be on Pickens, not on Deontay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> take away the athletic. The best wide receiver? <laughs> yeah, take away the best wide receiver and just let volume man pile up. Basically... I know that he's not catching a high volume of his passes at the moment, but Deontay Johnson just turned into like every, what everyone hated about Michael Thomas, which is good. I mm. think like it's still fantasy slant? viable. Slant man? S- slant man. Man, he runs outs as well, so let's not forget about that. Well, but. no, you know Michael Thomas was actually like, he's actually bottom 10 in running slants. That was such a misnomer. I pulled that up on the percentages, the routes that he runs are slants. That's such a terrible thing. But you're right in the fact of, and that's Deontay Johnson legitimately one like it's 50 percent on the nose he's caught half the passes since Pe- kenny pickett took over and yet he leads the team in targets yeah that's not good and pickett needs to make outrageous catches in order to actually have a reception and this week it's gonna be pretty tough I think. which is crazy because P- pickens and claypool are both over 70 percent receiving with P- pickett because he's making all those ridiculous catches <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. They they need to like dust off the corpse of Brandon Lloyd and get him back on this team. It's like, sir, if you're <laughs> wide open, we know you can't catch it, but let's throw you like a ball that's eight feet out of Triple bounds cover. And, and see if you can keep your feet in bounds. <laughs> okay, we can do that. Brandon Lloyd was the king the, of that. <laughs> so, so you're going to tell me they're going to sign Odell Beckham just for that very reason? Just for that reason. Like, can you make highlight catches? You're on the team. And that's it. We, do we got a guy for you to catch the ball? But so I got Deontay at 21. That, that might be too high. I can, I, you can talk me into dropping him down. No problem. T. He Higgins. McC- Did Ty- Taylor Heineke save Terry McLaurin? <laughs> He's back up to 23. Yes. I uh, said it wasn't a downgrade to, or it wasn't an upgrade to Carson Wentz. Well, what for... Terry McLaurin, I mean, let's be real here. How much of that game did you watch? Because if you did watch, you can see that Heineke was absolute dog shit. <laughs> No, but he's also this horrible. You know what Heineke is? Look, he's not the, for this team, like whatever. He's not that big of a downgrade because Wentz isn't that much of an upgrade because they're too similar in the fact of 
this is what I said. Just for the same reason for fantasy, we were sitting here on this show, Pat, talking about we like Carson Wentz for fantasy because he's throwing interceptions. We like Jameis Winston for fantasy when he threw 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions when he finishes a quarterback three because it was great for fantasy. Tyler Haneke is reckless as hell. He does every single play 100% out of his mind. But that's why I like him for fantasy. That's why he's entertaining. That's why I like Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel can have some value again and hopefully John Dawson comes back and gives him a red zone threat that he can rely on just as much as McLaurin. But this is good for fantasy. Heidi Key is fun. He he's good for McLaurin. He wasn't really good for Samuel at all. He was good for Samuel in the fact that they were like, well, why don't we just rush with Curtis Samuel? How about we try that instead of throwing <laughs> to him? And I was like, that's not helping me at all. Come on, what are we doing here? But so I got McLaurin at 23, Christian Kirk. I have Lazard at 25, assuming he plays. He exited the game last week as well. Brennan Cooks, Jacoby Myers. I don't know what the – I have Mac Jones starting in my rankings, so take that for what it's worth. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. I have Myers at 27, Curtis Samuel, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Jude at number 30, Wendale at number 31, Ayuk, Sutton, Renfro, Pickens, Rondell Moore, Tyler Boyd, uh, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Drake London. You're going to say that DJ Moore should be up there, but like, hey, why don't you have more than one good game and then we can talk about that? I will say our friend Rich Rebar uh, tweeted this out on Monday and DJ Moore without Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson, not a huge sample for the career to this point, but the target volume and reception is absurd. And it's actually even better just without Christian McCaffrey when Christian McCaffrey has been hurt. So I will argue higher. Yeah. And I'm, but I'm not going to go crazy. I would still have him around Bateman and Wondell Robinson. I would definitely not push him inside the top 25, but watch him finish as like wide receiver five this week because of that. Honestly, everyone from, I think you can kind of make like a line right after McLaurin. Christian Kirk's kind of on an island by himself. Then you have like Lazard down to hell, probably Romeo Dubs. They're all like the same guy. No. Dobbs is just a zero at this point. Well, he's he, been a zero even before he got hurt. He, he draw. He, he had a zero. He yeah. Well, he didn't have a zero. He put the ball on the ground on the opening drive. Then Rodgers refused to throw to him again. <laughs> yeah, but the week before that, he didn't do anything. And he, yeah, yeah, he, he, he had two really bad drops, and then Aaron Rodgers stopped throwing to him. I know. They, the first thing they Nobody, tried to do last week was no. get the ball in his hands. Boom, plopped it on the ground. The first thing they're going to do this week is try to get the ball in his hands again. Puts it on the ground. He's going to have another zero. But there's, they still want to add no. – early in these games, they're trying to get him involved, and he's putting it on the ground. He's, and every Green Bay receiver is doing exactly the same thing. Lazard had two drops. I didn't even see Sammy Watkins on the field, so I, I can't really speak to what he's – He was actually there. out there, almost 40 snaps. No, I, I know, but I, I didn't see him do anything. <laughs> That's because nobody's doing anything for the Packers. I'm like Dobbs – I said it was droppable two weeks ago. I said it again last week. I'm, I'm done – I've been done with Dobbs – and of course, it's against Buffalo, so watch oh, him have 120 oh, yards and two touchdowns. Okay, I mean, if Dobbs is droppable, is Garrett Wilson droppable too? Because he's terrible. No, only because had, of the Corey had, Davis injury. No, no. We had, if one, Davis he had is one good game. That's it. And he's been no, horrible I, like, since Zach Wilson came back. There you go. Is the Zach Wilson problem? So sure, yeah, yes, but, Garrett yeah, Wilson. That's not, that's not going away. <laughs> no, no, no. Benching but Zach Corey Wilson. Davis might have gone away. Corey Davis might have gone away. That's is, the issue. So if there is. If there is no Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson is still out there in the most, still getting the volume second, depending, like either first or second most when Corey Davis is out there. So if there's no Corey Davis, just by per, pure volume, we can play Garrett Wilson. Where you have him? I wouldn't move him up. I don't think do you, you don't have Corey Davis in your rankings, right? I, I don't know. And I was thinking about ranking Elijah. No, so, I was thinking about ranking Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson because I think that Elijah Moore actually stands to benefit from no Corey Davis rather than Garrett Wilson. No, so if Corey Davis is even playing, there are three rookie wide receivers, three, that are rosterable slash even startable at this point. There's one obvious one. And then George Pick Pickens, Pickens and Wondell Robinson. Yeah, Pickens are, and w Wondell Robinson. Who's, it. who's the obvious that's it. one? Olave? Chris Olave. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's it. All the rest of them? No. Dobbs, Wilson, London. all the rest of them. London? Nope. Drop them. Done. I like the the only one is Traylon Burks because you can stash him on IR. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't go. And Dotson too. Yeah, IR. I, I was gonna say I wouldn't go crazy being like, hey, let's drop Drake London. You know who I want to have on my team when he comes back? Traylon Burks and his two targets a game. Uh, it's always relative, he but sucks. London's that's sucks. he's not Traylon a definitive Burks hold sucks. at this point. 
No, I'm I'm with you. You could there's most definitely be better options on your waiver wire than Drake London right now. That's why you probably shouldn't be playing him. But I mean, then you're into this like Claypool and Paris Campbell, Marquise Goodwin. It's like 2013 all over again. <laughs> Freaking Marquise Goodwin, Ray Ray McLeod, and who was the other jabroni catching touchdowns and annoying the living hell of us in those four, those four o'clock games were so infuriating last uh, week. All right, then you had the yeah, the the Texans game. You had Alan- Alanis Dorsett, who I didn't realize was on the Texans. You had Chris. Moop. Oh, Phil Dorsett, yeah, <laughs> legitimately like Chris Moops scored. A touchdown. I knew he was on the roster, but he hasn't even been Chris Moore. Yeah, yeah, Moops. Yeah, uh, I, Phil Dorsett. I didn't even know he was active. Like that was the biggest thing because I didn't. You know, I didn't check the Houston Texans actives for four o'clock. You're a, you're a Giants fan. Is it worth playing Darius Slayton for like those two sideline end zone targets he's going to get a week, and hopefully he comes down with one of them? I, where do you have him? It, uh, he's 40, a he's in forty six. I have him right one spot ahead of Marquise Goodwin, actually. That and that's where he deserves to be. Same thing as if there's no Michael Thomas and no Jarvis Landry, the hail mary on Marquez Callaway in that same range because it's Wondell Robinson. Uh, he's Wondell Robinson's this year's Amon Ryan St. Brown, but the poor man's version. He's like wide receiver three because of the volume, and he's playing with Daniel Jones in the Giants offense because he's not going to see 12 targets a game. He's going to see the vast majority because he's almost 30% last week. Actually, in the two games since he's played, the highest by far a mile on the team target percentage is Wondell Robinson, and that's why I said Amon Ryan St. Brown this year, just not with the wide receiver one ceiling, wide receiver three. So the next one up, it's like you said, okay, maybe we had a big play. Maybe we get a 40-yard reception. Maybe we get a touchdown. That's Mark West Callaway. That's Marquise Goodwin. That's everything. Isaiah McKenzie and Darnell Mooney. That's who he is. So, I like, yeah. I like that Wandale Robinson is like discount rack Amon Ross St. Brown. Like, you're Amon Ross St. Brown. Is. You walk into the nice tailor. You get your cut. You look sharp walking out. <laughs> it's off the rack, Wandale Robinson. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a 42 rag. That's like a bit. Yeah, he is TJ Maxx. Like, why is this one sleeve slightly longer than the other sleeve? That's ah, good enough. <laughs> Six bucks. Who cares? It's a, you, you bought the sweater. It's got the red dot. <laughs> Well, it's cashmere, so it still doesn't matter, I suppose. It's cashmere. It's cashmere. Is that a red her- dot? Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Quarterbacks. Let's let's talk about these idiots because I have three names inside the top ten that are pretty hilarious. I got Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. I still have Tom Brady at five because once you hear the other rest of the names, you're like, oh yeah, I get. I suppose that makes sense. And Baltimore's defense sucks, so maybe Brady can turn it around. Then we go Geno, Derek Carr, Kyler, the Goof, and Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones is gonna run mm. like this, you you have to play him. Uh, you kind of have to, and like you said, if he's gonna run like this, and what is he facing? The Seattle Seahawks defense. So run. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't even know where to argue with anybody. I guess the one pushback you're gonna get is hey it was indoors last week even with a bad matchup he still expected better than what two points for jared goff yeah i'm I'm going back to the goff well here i i just, listen miami's defense also stinks so this could be a boat race type game you can only hope god and he's gonna be out there to stream because everybody's pissed the hell off i can tell you that much I'll, I'll i am be, too I'll, I'll be there i'll i'll, t- I'll take some jared goof that's i'm fine with that mm-hmm. who would be the because like I don't know if it was a like as soon as they were moving the ball like all right when St. Brown was in the game as soon as he went out they couldn't do anything and then like, I would play two over him why do you have two all the way down to sixteen I think I mean you kind of hit on it with Monster that I just think it's gonna be a lot of Monster in that game because people always ask me like how can you rank uh, Waddle and Hill where you do and not have Tua uh, I, I higher, the same question. higher up yeah. it's like because all of the volume goes to two guys like. Those two guys can independently have really good games, and Tua cannot have a good game. Like that is yeah, but T- Tua could still have two hundred eighty and three touchdowns against. He, if he, he, he could, because like, like, you said it's a boat race. You, you want you want to project him for two eighty and three touchdowns? Be my guest and play him over everyone. <laughs> I didn't say everyone. It's, well, I was going to what you said. You're the one who said boat race, which in my mind, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but in my mind, boat races, both offenses are going. And that's why I was going for Tua here. If boat race, you just mean Miami just boat races them. No. And that's why you're playing I, I, Jared Goff. I, I, listen, I think this game is going to hit the over. I think the Lions are super live in this game. In order to win, you're going to get your big plays. But we've seen this concentration of the Dolphins offense. Once they get in close and don't score a long touchdown, they're running. And they're going to try to run it in. 
and that really takes right, away from fine. the overall upside of two. Okay. Unless well, he's then... scoring these deeper touchdowns. Where with Goff, yeah, we're going to see Jamal Williams get his obligatory carry from the five-yard line, which he'll probably fumble and put onto the ground like last week. But they're all they're all gas, no breaks when it comes to the passing game, and they're in one of these back-and-forth contests. Like, they're going to go for every fourth down. They're going to pass on all those fourth downs. And I think okay. that we're going to see more of Josh Reynolds. We'll see more of Khalif Raymond in this game. Uh, and is Jamison Williams coming back anytime soon? Because I thought he'd be back next week, but I still haven't heard anything. No. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's been the expected could he be back, and there's been very little news on if that's definitively happening. That's what I told everybody. Like, you know, stash, but there's no guarantee he's not back before week 12. Yeah. It was just they, it was the estimated timeline. It's just they, they don't have really a, an idea on it. So if it's similar to you do and you're like, all right, you convinced me. I, I'm going to pull that. So, all right, you convinced me if it was my rankings and I had had Tua at nine, I would pull him down to 13. I would still play Tua in front of Mariota, Stafford's and his broken offense and arm and Dalton and everything like that. Dalton might not even start. Dalton might not even finish the game. You know, you see, slash see, and slash. See, look, I understand that he might not start. I don't know that as of right now. Do you want me to not put a fucking Saints quarterback in the rankings? No, but he might not finish the game either. That's a risk. Eh, whatever. He was my top streamer last week. He scored 30 fantasy points. You're lucky he stayed in that game because well, that was not good. Was gonna... <laughs> well, he did, and he threw four <laughs> touchdowns. Because when your defense right, is that tight ends. When your defense is that bad, you're going to be chucking the entire time. Okay. Tight ends, uh, Andrews, number one. Um, but you can see the volatility of tight end with Mark Andrews last week. Higby <laughs> is back. He's number two. Goddard, Ertz, Kittle, Hawkinson, Njoku, who might not play, so keep an eye on him. Taysom Hill. Two to five weeks. Oh, it's two to, oh so he's done. Yeah. Okay. Two so, to five. All right. Let's take, let's take him yeah. out of the rankings then. Uh, so no longer at number seven, David Njoku. Uh, would you play Harrison Bryant? I guess that's the question. I play Harrison Bryant over Kyle Pitts at this point. (laughs) Really? I have Kyle Pitts at 14. That's behind Schultz ahead of Jawan Johnson, because I don't know about the Adam Troutman injury. And a lot of Jawan Johnson's like good work on Thursday night was because of Troutman not being in there. He was in for the extra snaps. Yes, he's always been running more routes, but he loses snaps to Troutman when Troutman is active, because Jawan Johnson is essentially a receiver and not a blocker. And he is also affected by no Jarvis Landry, no Michael Thomas. That's good news for Jawan Johnson. So we'll have to wait and see with that. But you would actually play Harrison Bryant over Kyle Pitts? I wouldn't. Kyle Pitts has four games of three points or less. Sure, but so does, I mean, so does Harrison um, Bryant. In fairness, so does Harrison Bryant. <laughs> Harrison Bryant's been splitting time with David and, jo- David and Joe. Hey, listen, I'm, Kyle I'm, Pitts I'm, is I'm done with Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is splitting time with uh, Michael Pruitt and Parker Hesse. <laughs> and splitting time with 13 targets a game. Yeah, it's not good. 30%, 30% target share equals four targets. Congratulations. I mean, I have him at 14. That's why I'm going to keep him. So I still have Dol- I have Fryermuth at nine. I don't know if Waller is playing or not. I have him in the rankings as of right now. Uh, Fryermuth at nine, Dulich at 10, Cade Otten at 11, Hayden Hurst at 12, Schultz at 13, then Kyle Pitts. And then like Tanner Hudson's, I think, somewhat interesting. Harrison Bryant is somewhat interesting. Obviously, Foster Moreau would be interesting slightly if Darren Waller sits out again. But these are the, uh, these are the people that I'm with this week. Yeah. All right. Defenses. You want to talk about that? Dallas, mm, number one. Real quick. Yeah, Dallas, number one. <laughs> okay. Uh, New England, Buffalo, Jacksonville, Denver. Good game for defenses there. Philly, Titans, Washington, San Francisco, Atlanta is the top 10. And then you can get in like real sneak. Like Washington, I think, is an objectively good play this week. They're getting a pass rush. They're going against... Is, going against what a first time starter in the NFL and the Colts terrible offensive line, the guy who might try to extend plays, they're going to give up points, but that feels like turnover city to me. It does. I actually thought they were a decent chance for a flyer. Uh, and then I was looking for one. I, you know, it could blow up because it could go crazy, but at the same time, it's Jared Goff through yeah, oh, Miami. Miami and Jared Goff th- throwing three interceptions on his pace to throw 403 touchdowns like you always say you can give up points but you can also still be a good fantasy defense sure where where would you put miami i'll insert them in just for you i'd play them over seattle the giants control the ball too much okay Daniel jones is actually not even fumbling anymore although he fell on his own fumble this time finally it was just like the bears every time they fumbled five times and fell on all five of their fumbles doesn't usually have doesn't usually work out like that 
Uh, no. Eventually, the other team snags the ball away. All right, that will do it. If you want to check out the rankings, they're down in the description. You can follow Jake on Twitter at AllInKid. Check out his rankings tonight, midnight, on theathletic.com. Got a sub, though. What's the code that you can use? That's not. Just click on the rankings or the waiver article, and it just pops up for you. Just click the link after you check the link, Pat. There you go. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. I'll be back with spread picks on Wednesday, best bets on Thursday, DraftKings on Friday, and a full rankings update and injury report on Saturday. So sub to Mayo Media on YouTube or just subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast for all your fantasy football needs. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.